0: hey guys welcome to the first ever episode of big trouble today we want to talk to you guys about the concept called the rookie wall it's something that's pretty dear to our hearts and probably has brought paul and i closer together than any other event in our lives we'll be sharing what the rookie wall means to us drawing some parallels to our first year as working professionals sharing some funny stories and our growing pains along the way
1: the rookie wall can be defined as a decline in performance in a person's first year due to a lot of different factors. So typically you would see it in professional sports leagues such as the NBA, such as the NFL, the NHL, and other sports associations. And I think the one example that comes to mind for for me and john and i'm sure probably for a lot of people is jason tatum so for those who follow the nba jason tatum was a college player from duke like a really really strong college player who had a lot of high potential and a lot of high expectations so he got drafted by the boston celtics and then in his rookie year you know he, he enters the league he is playing against veterans he has a brand new team you know a new coach a new system there's lots of travel with his with his schedule now more so than in college he's in a brand new city he's never lived in and you know there's just more pressure on him in general and he's an example of, the, uh, of someone who's been through the rookie wall because when he first started in the league he came out playing really really well like had really good numbers in all of the categories and he was essentially like one of the front runners for rookie of the year even though Ben Simmons won even though Ben Simmons isn't a rookie but you know that's for another day but you know he he, he came out really he came out playing really really well And then the more that the season progressed and the more that the physical and mental exhaustion got to him, you know, a full 82-game season, there was a continued decline in his performance that was noticeable, and I think a lot of people saw it. And so typically, people will say that this is a rookie wall. Like, rookies are going through um, their struggles, and they have a decline in performance because of some of the factors I mentioned. And for us, for John and I, we thought that it was really interesting because some of these aspects can also apply in a professional workplace on some sort of level, right? Right. Like, we might not be, you know, paid as well as Jason Tatum, even though John and I are just as good-looking and just as tall. But, you know we also had to get used to you know more toll, you know more taxing hours, we had to work longer hours in our first year in a lot of senses we had a lot of new teammates and a lot of new coworkers that we've never worked with and there are a lot of you know internal politics that we also had to figure out and then for our client work we had lots of travel as well you know we're going to new cities um, and it just you know all of these things we thought sort of also portray- like were applicable to us in a professional work setting so in a lot of ways we thought it was very interesting that we typically think of a rookie wall in sports, but a rookie wall in the professional workplace is also something that we've experienced, and that we think is very, very applicable for a lot of first-time young professionals and um, and millennial workers. So, in a sense, like these rookies, as you know, in, in professional sports, feel the need to prove that they belong and build their name and brand in the in pro sports. But also, essentially, John and I have also faced that we felt the need to prove ourselves that we belong, um, that, you know, we deserve to be there. And so we felt like there were a lot of parallels that we could draw both from professional sports, but also professional work. And I think that's how we sort of came to the idea that maybe we are also going through a rookie wall and that a rookie wall in a professional workplace is also something that exists.
0: For me specifically, my first year, it was so much about paying my dues or really proving that I belong there. And because of that, I, I basically didn't do much uh, extracurriculars or I guess not extracurriculars because extracurriculars are for, for school. But, but like I, I didn't do much outside of work because I was so I was just so consumed by it. And I was just like, you know what, I need to grind out this first year. I need to make sure I prove my worth pay my dues and i remember one senior manager laughed when i said i needed to pay my dues and he was like oh fuck i'm gonna grind the fuck out of this guy and i'm just gonna work i'm gonna work him so you know in hindsight probably not the best thing to tell a senior manager that you're 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 ready to pay your dues because that probably means he's gonna kick your ass (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that's probably not that's probably not the best thing like at work to volunteer for absolutely everything but um you know john still survived he's still here a year later. So it's not the absolute worst thing in the world. So now that everybody understands what the rookie wall is, I mean, hopefully everybody does after our brief explanation, the first question or the first discussion topic that we want to get into is when we first realized we were going through the rookie wall. So I guess on that note, John, when do you think you first recognize that you were going through this traumatic experience called the rookie wall?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good question, but I actually want to go back to something you, you just said about me volunteering for everything, and I think that has a lot to do with almost, like, in, in an Asian mentality of, like, being a team player, like, that we mentality, like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, like, if you need me to do something, I'm going to do it, because you're asking me to, and I'm on your team, and I want to, I want to help the team, and that, I don't think that that helped me in the long run, because I pretty much said yes to a lot of things that I probably could have done it without. And the managers and senior managers probably could have found someone else to do it. But I guess like maybe being who I was or maybe just being a nice guy, I was like, yeah, sure. No worries. Like I can do it. Like it might, maybe it's, it's finding a room or, or booking a meeting or it's like something simple like that, but it does take more into your, your time, right? As simple as it sounds.
1: You no. Know, so I think like, I guess maybe my question to you on that one would be, so you're chalking some of that up to like your identity as like an Asian millennial, like somebody who probably in the past has um, like, is like the mentality is more of like a we mentality versus an I mentality, which I feel like is more prevalent in Asian culture for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess like my question to you would be if you've learned that maybe it wasn't the best idea to, to like have a we mentality do you think now you're like primarily an only like me, me, me mentality? Or do you think like you've done a better job of balancing like the the me mentality and the we mentality, I guess?
0: Yeah, I think I have become a lot more selfish, like way, way more selfish um, compared to in a, a year ago or even like a year uh, or even six months ago, I think you try to put yourself first and you're like, what is going to get me to end of job or end of day today, the quickest or, or the easiest with, without killing myself. I think, I think I'm think i still a pretty big team player. Like, you know, I'll, if new people come onto the, onto the project, like I, I think I'm always one of the first people to put up uh, my hands to to help them and onboard them. But at the same time, I think there's a, this line that you got to find within yourself in your day-to-day work that's like, where am I drawing the line that I need, x amount of time to do my work and and at what point do i say no to more tasks or how can i like help someone help themselves or like can i connect this person with someone else that can help them or there's different ways that i to to solve for the problem that's not just yeah i'll do it or yeah i'll take care of it no problem
1: okay that that makes sense like like it's not it's not so much like uh it's not so much like that you're not willing to help people but it's like do, do I per, like you asked yourself that question like do I have to be the person who helps or is it better for me and better to like talk to somebody else who can dedicate more time to it right like I feel like rather than solely thinking like I can like I feel like it, it's it's not just like a me versus we mentality anymore I feel like you're doing more critical thinking about whether or not you're the best person for that task or whether or not like somebody else is a better fit right I feel like that's seems like more of the questions that you're asking before you engage in like
0: yeah i think i think that's exactly it and and i think that probably plays a little bit more into asian identity as well as and you let me know if you you felt the same way is that there's this like humble mentality of like when someone more senior to you which pretty much everyone at the time was when they tell you to do something you're not going to be like oh i don't think we should do it this way i think a lot of us would be like yeah okay you probably know better than me and, and I guess we don't know better to, to say no or like we don't even know the other possibilities of how else we could do it. So you just kind of say yes and you, you kind of agree and, and you take it on. But who knows, like there's, there's probably like a million different ways that you could have approached it, the idea or the problem and solved it quicker, but maybe like sometimes the the person assigning it to you or they're just trying to get rid of it themselves, almost in the same way that now we think of things like, oh, like how do I make this not my problem? And they're not thinking it through and they're just giving you the the quickest answer. And then until you think critically and push back on it, which is, I think, a hard thing to do when you're telling someone um, older than you and more experienced than you, um, that no, I don't think I should do it this way. Uh, We should approach it this way. It's also something hard to do and hard to speak up about.
1: Yeah, I think that's like, I, I think, I I don't think it's like I don't think it's something exclusive to like being Asian, um, like Asian Canadian, Asian American, um, or just like Asian in general. But I do I like I do personally feel like it's much more relevant to like, to the Asian people that I know is like this idea of being humble and like putting your head down and not not speaking up or speaking out. And I feel like that's like, you know, like we we don't we don't really speak out against like our elders like you know like the whole idea of of respecting your elders is like you know ingrained in us as children like growing up like you ever like you ever make a logical sound argument against your parents and they're like they look at you and they're like is this disrespect you know like and then (laughs) um and then when you yell at them or like you talk back and you're wrong they still accept that as disrespect right so it's like I think it's, like, something that's been ingrained in us as, like, as we were kids. We never, like, when's the last time you ever spoke up? Like, you, you, like, tell your parents you want something and then they look at you and you know to shut up, right? So I feel like that idea of, like, keeping your head down and not speaking up is definitely something that we're very accustomed to, like, growing up and, and, like, throughout our our time in society. And it's definitely a huge mental hurdle to get over in work where if you disagree with something, you have to to pick your battles. You have to decide if this is the right time to argue or if this is the right time to speak up because you don't wanna be the junior person who like has a reputation of being somebody who's defensive or who like fights back or who like has a reputation of that, right? So I feel like it's such a tough thing to balance like as an Asian person, but also like as somebody who's young and who's new to the firm. Now that you've sort of shifted that mentality and done a lot more critical thinking before you make those decisions to put yourself out there and like do the work or the task that's being asked, do you think it's negatively impacted your not your value, but your perceived value to the company um, and your team, or do you think it's immaterial, like it's sort of irrelevant?
0: I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shit you have to filter out of work, so I don't necessarily think me thinking more critically is a negative thing. I actually think it's a it's a very mm-hmm. positive thing because um, I think as you grow as a person, as an employee, you. You kind of become more valuable in doing certain things too, and very selfishly, it's like yes, I I could spend the next ten hours booking meetings for you, but someone else could probably also do that. Like it's about it's almost like getting the most bang for your buck kind of thing, and like what is it? What is my time most effective on, it? and what is like someone else's time more more effective mm-hmm. on? Kind of like that, um, because it also does the firm like no good if. Um, like, yeah, if, if I'm the one booking yeah. meetings for ten hours, it's like, oh, this guy probably could have found yeah. better time to do it, or like done something um, like more effective with this time, right? Like I know, I know people out there that have like no Excel skills whatsoever. Right? I think we've all seen like those type of people out there. Like the, maybe they're great at programming, but they're not they're not Excel wizards, right? And they could spend ten hours on an Excel sheet um maybe that's a better example or you can you know you can ping the more business savvy guy and be like hey i need to do <laughs> i need to do a vlookup yeah. or something and then you can get it done in 10 like 10 seconds and it's like it's more just about like uh like specialization yeah. on like things yeah, yeah. So that yeah. makes sense
1: <laughs> guys if you have any v lookup tips i think john needs them it sounds like he, he didn't learn basic uh basic excel in
0: university <laughs> yeah uh, my program wasn't the most uh the most renowned business program ever, but that's probably something we can get into, um, yeah. At another, at another uh, episode, yeah.
1: I mean, all all jokes aside, you actually, I think you probably know Excel better than I do, and I have a business degree, so just goes to show you how dumb I am. So maybe something I'm curious about is when do you think you first realized or recognized that you were going through a corporate rookie wall?
0: So I guess this is where this whole conversation topic stemmed from is is really i was playing um i was playing nba 2k and playing the my player and my my player just suddenly just he started to suck and he like he would miss his threes he would miss his free throws he would just get blocked all the time and i remember specifically there's this cutscene and i don't know for the for the, the my player players out there there's these cutscenes of when you're on the plane or you're traveling and then your character will just like be on his phone and then just fall asleep and that was that the moment because I actually, like, that my first year, I think I fell asleep everywhere. I could be on the train home. could be, like, on the phone. I could be – I was actually at a party once. I was at a party where everyone was just mad-wasted. Everyone was, like, there was loud music blaring, and I fell asleep on the floor. Like, <laughs> I straight up just fell asleep in, in the middle of a party. Like, I remember on the middle of the living room. That kind of, like – I put that two two and two together and I guess that's when I talked to you about it. It was probably the next time we were we were working late and I was like, dude, have you heard of this rookie wall term? I just remember like being like well, so many parallels, like perform straw being at work, being tired all the time, you know, feeling this immense pressure to to perform and then like almost like failing more, even like self fulfilling prophecy of, you know, Oh no, I'm gonna suck, I'm gonna suck and then you suck and then it just makes it worse. It's this is vicious cycle, I guess. But, um, what about you? I
1: don't know. I, I think for me, I never like I never it was never like an aha moment. Like I wasn't playing two K, and then that happened. I was like, oh my god, this is what I'm going through. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like for the, the the majority of like my first year, I was just like, I was just like, why am I so tired all the time? Like why am I doing? Like why do I feel like I'm doing such a bad job? Like why? why am I not catching all these small mistakes that I would have caught before? Like, and I, I, I oftentimes, like, compared myself to my internship days because I felt, like, I would say, I would say back in university, um, I was fairly confident, like, very, very confident in myself, probably overtly um, in a way that probably wasn't super healthy. And I think it's good to reflect on that. But, like, I got an internship pretty early and I felt like I was super good. I was like, okay. and then, like, I joined as, like, I don't know, I think, like, an 18 year old or a 19 year old with, um, at the firm. And like, I was on teams with like 25, 26, 35, like 40 year olds. And I like wasn't doing terribly. And so like, I had like this huge, like inflated sense of self. And I thought I was like super good. And I feel like that continued like in my second internship with the firm. Um, and then I feel like when I came back, uh, and I joined full time at the same time as like people, my age and, I started like performing and underperforming in a lot of ways. I was like, what happened to the what happened to like the overachiever? What happened to the person who I was during my internship? So I sort of went into a spiral, like just overall, I feel like in my first year. So I don't think there was a certain point. I think it was like a continuous experience and I probably like only realized it was called a rookie wall or like knew it was a thing called a rookie wall when you mentioned it from, from NBA probably. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. We coined it right here. You've heard it here first, guys. Corporate rookie yeah. wall. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe if John didn't tell me about that, I would have just like continued to spiral and like continued to to shit the bed without realizing what was going wrong. I guess.
0: So would you say that there it was just like an average, just a really lukewarm experience your first year, or do you think there were like some some low points, like really dark times that you had? Mm
1: so yeah i I would say i would say there was definitely like a singular lowest point like just like absolutely terrible that not that i never want to go back to it but like thinking back to it sort of makes me um makes me like a little sad so it's probably february 20 february february to march 2019 is like really when it started or like really when i felt like the whole burden of the rookie wall so like I was, I was working on like this, the same team that I was on previously with like the same people. So like, I I thought I would know a lot more going, going into the project and I thought I would be more valuable. But I felt like as soon as I joined the team, I was like back to square one, like I was like a useless analyst. And then like, I felt like I didn't know anything about like about the subject I felt like I had no expertise I had no knowledge that I could apply and I felt like when I went to meetings I was just like I was just quiet like I wasn't doing anything and then on top of that one of my team members left for a family emergency and then I had to take over his role and like I personally felt like oh I've been on this project for four months already I should I should be able to take his role right um, but then like I realized like how valuable this person was to the team and I realized like taking over their role was almost impossible like i think he had like seven years of experience um at the firm and i had seven months of experience or like not even like maybe like 10 months of experience at the firm so it's like all of those things like adding up and then taking over his role i had to work like a lot of hours so i was at the office till like two or three every night for like a month and a half two months um and so like everything just sort of added up, right? So I had like mental exertion from um, working a lot. I had a lot of physical exertion because I like wasn't, I was barely getting any sleep. I was maybe getting like five hours of sleep every night. Um, I had like all of these high expectations for myself that I wasn't meeting um, and I just felt like useless. And I feel like that was probably like my absolute lowest point of being like, like, wow, like this, this is not what I signed up for. Like I moved all the way across the country and I left my family, like I left my friends, I left my dogs, like I left my mom who keeps reminding me to come home. I left all of that to like essentially become a failure in, in my mind. So I think that was like probably the lowest point for me. I don't know, if, like do you think for you there was like a singular lowest point or do you think it was just ebbs and flows or do you think it was just like a, a continual decline? It
0: definitely came in, in waves. I think the, the first four months was really bad because, uh, and, and maybe it was just, like the environment I was in and like it, there wasn't much of a support system that I didn't have many peers or like uh, people that were also at my level so there's only myself that was on the project that was um was I was the only analyst and I feel like because I couldn't I couldn't see what other people would be doing and or like how other people were would struggle or or survive through the, the experience. It was it felt very isolated, and it was it was hard for me to compare like whether or not what I was doing and my output was good or bad. And really, I only had um, even then like I was like I was a sink like I was almost like the single person on the project where the manager was part time and he'd come check it in on me like once in a while. And it could be like it could be I could be I could have done like four days worth of work. And then he would just say, it would take him 30 minutes to be like, no, this is this is not what I wanted. This is not what I asked for. And it was like, it was really defeating because part of me was thinking, well, this is not what, you didn't say this. You didn't tell me you wanted this. And I'm sure we've all been through this ex- experience where they'll tell you to make it like A, and you'll make it like A. And then they're like, no, I actually wanted B. And then the third time they look at it, they're like, you know what? I actually liked how it looked before this. And you're like, I'm going to kill you. Um, (laughs) It's probably like the most um, fundamental analyst, uh, first year analyst story ever. What do you think really helped your case of the rookie wall?
1: I think bringing it back to like our original comparison to the NBA, like the rookie wall isn't called the rookie and sophomore wall, right? So I think in a lot of ways, it was just that time. Similar to what you were talking about, like paying dues. I do feel if you don't go through the rookie wall, you are so blessed. Like I... I'm so envious and like jealous that you will never endure it or at your first job. But I do feel the main way I got over the rookie wall was just like time and iterations. Like I do remember that lowest point for me like February, March. Nothing seemed to get better like during those times. But the more like I like I suffered through the lows, I do feel like that grew my mental strength and it grew like my ability to adjust. And so, The more time I spent in the hole, like the more time I spent in this pit of of like feeling useless and feeling incompetent at my job and like suffering through that, I feel like those lessons learned really helped me, really helped me identify that in April or May or June, like things were getting better. Like I was doing a better job, I was getting better feedback. And because I knew like how I felt so low during those bad months, When things started to like slightly incrementally improve, I really felt those comments and like that feedback like more than I would have if I had never gone through that. One day, stuff started to start. Stuff started to like get better, and I started to be more positive mentally and recognize that I have come a long way since my my lowest point. And so like I think all those things added up and I just sort of pulled myself out of the hole and kept walking and kept going pretty much. Yeah,
0: just just gotta keep swimming, you know? Like Dory from yeah. Finding Nemo. Just gotta keep swimming.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now we are like what in year? We're like essentially about to enter like, year 3 technically. Mm-hmm. Um coming up to it, which is like So crazy. Like Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> that's one way to put it. I I like <laughs>
1: literally like three months in i was like yeah i'm gonna yeah. quit six months in oh i'm gonna quit two years later like we're already like we're still we're still here and we're like wow we haven't quit yet but i think now that we are past the rookie wall and we are past a sophomore slump which we actually i don't think we really went through now that we've overcome the wall, do you think we are contributors to the rookie wall for a lot of people?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think in a lot of ways we were contributors as well because we kind of experienced it and that was kind of the expectation that we set with our our juniors as well. So like if, if you were late for a meeting or, or all the little things that were expected of us, I think we kind of passed that down to our juniors as well. Um, but I do think we, we were a little bit more cognizant of putting people through the ringer and giving people a lot of hard times for, for things that we hated when people gave us shit for it. So I guess I try to be conscious when I'm giving people shit for it because I know it sucks and, and it doesn't feel good to be like belittled for these like small mistakes, right? I know you've been through it. I've been through it. Um, But I think you have a pretty funny story about your junior.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, way to throw me under the bus, but I I do feel bad about this story. Um, And I think like we did, we definitely did a lot of like self-reflection before this episode and just in general about whether or not we are like, whether or not we have been contributors to other people's rookie walls. I probably haven't done as good of a job as John in, in that introspection to realize like maybe I'm a part of that problem that I went through so I think like that's definitely something I'm trying to be more cognizant of going forward now that I'm somewhat far removed from being a rookie but <laughs> I guess the, st- the story would be there was like a brand new person like to the firm who joined our project and he like and me and him are, are very close now like we we're, we're really good friends and we have a lot of funny stories together but one of the first experiences I had with this person is like. We had a meeting at the client site. I think it was like right after lunch, probably around one or like one thirty. And I know like it like it's like a I don't know maybe ten minute walk, John. Probably like to the old office. It's probably a ten minute walk from like our our um, office downtown. Pretty much everyone on the team is is not jaded, but like they're pretty experienced at the firm. And like the way our firm works is like there's project work and then there's like extra work. So if you're not on a project, you do extra work, but if you're on a project, you can choose whether or not to do extra work. So there was like campus recruiting stuff, yeah, like interviews that were happening around the same time and the person who just joined the team, like we had told the we had told that person like like you know, you have to manage your time and like doing campus recruiting stuff like isn't the best use of your time right now. Um and like it, like and please don't let it affect your work right um just like expectation setting like you would normally um and i and I, and like for me i'm a very big proponent that like campus recruiting is helpful but like when you're on a project especially one that was as high burn as our project like it, it's tough to balance that so i was very i was very adamant that like if he if that person couldn't do it then they shouldn't do it fast forward to like this this day we have this meeting we're We're like finishing up our lunch like we're about to head to like the client office and this person is like oh yeah i'm helping out with recruiting stuff from like 12 to 1 but i'll leave like i'll leave and i'll make make sure i'm at the client office for the meeting right and so we're like okay for me i was like okay man you better bet your ass you're at the meeting because like if not this is a big, I told you so moment, you know, it's like a little bit of banter, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to tell this person I told you so. So me and like my senior, we go over to the meeting and like, we're sitting down and I think it's probably like, it's like probably like one thirty three minutes late. And I'm like, I'm on my laptop and I'm like, we're trying to start the meeting, but this person is supposed to take meeting minutes because I'm supposed to lead the meeting, I think. And so like, I can't take... I can't take meeting minutes and lead the meeting. So essentially like we were waiting for this person to show up so that they could take meeting minutes or, and like just join the meeting. Cause like they were attendee and like, this is like one of the first times they were meeting the client and he's not there. Like they're, they're not there. It's like, one, it's like one thirty three, And then like, we're about to start, like I'm trying to push off as much as we can until that person comes. And I think like they probably show up at like one thirty four, maybe. Like they, they were a little bit late. They were a little bit later than the original time that like I looked at my clock. And I remember like the entire time I'm messaging John. I'm like, "Yo, this person didn't show up to the meeting." After I told him they had to be on time. After I told him not to do recruiting stuff right now because we have a meeting. And then John was like, "La la 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 la." like this person didn't show up he's just like laughing he's not even being helpful he's not even like he's not even understanding what's going on (laughs) in our situation and then the person shows up like a couple minutes after without a laptop and I'm like at this point (laughs) at this point I cannot believe it like I legitimately cannot believe this like shows up late to a meeting like first time meeting with like one of the first times ever meeting with clients Um, like you know, like, a month into his, into, like, his full time, and I'm like, this guy doesn't show up with a laptop, and so I mess it, I'm messaging John the entire time, and I'm like, yo, he doesn't even have a laptop, John just replies, he doesn't have a laptop, like, it's not, like, John's just laughing, he's, like, literally laughing his ass off, meanwhile, like, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to, like, not, like, it's not, it's not, it's not the right time and place for me to be upset, right, and so, like, I'm texting this person as well because like I had their phone with them and I'm like I whisper I'm like yo how are you going to take meeting minutes and then he's like oh yes it's a a he everybody he's like he's like (laughs) (laughs) like this is this is the funniest part he looks me straight in the face like dead ass looks me straight in the face he's like I have my phone (laughs) 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 like 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 at that point I didn't even like I couldn't say anything like I couldn't say anything I could not even look at him I couldn't even like I couldn't even like deal with the situation because like in my head I was like how like how do you make that mistake how do you come late to a meeting and then not even bring your laptop when you're taking meeting minutes right um and so like (sighs) I remember I was so mad and like the entire meeting I was just I was just ripping into to John um and i think like after the meeting we had a quick chat he's like yeah sorry um <laughs> like i i forgot my like, i didn't bring my laptop because uh i wanted to make it on time to the meeting and i was like dude <laughs> i told him i was like dude like either either you don't show up or like you show up with your laptop because like you showing up with your phone is it, it is less helpful than like you not showing up <laughs> at all um <laughs> so i think like that was a pretty pretty tough learning lesson for him and i think That obviously probably contributed to like like thinking that we have tough expectations on him um and like like now he like he like this person is killing it like he's like he's he's a super super valuable member to the team and like he's a super helpful guy and like a really good addition um but like definitely like definitely that was an that was an example where like i contributed to like tough expectations and being tough on people um like even knowing like I guess almost forgetting about the fact that I went through some of those struggles, right? So um like do I do I necessarily regret saying those things to him or like having those expectations? I feel partially like I was maybe a little too tough and a little bit too like mean about it. Maybe not mean. I don't think I don't think I was like rude about it, but I was definitely like stern about it. So I think maybe if I could go back, thinking about all the reflection I've done, I would probably have like been a little softer about the mistake but you know like i I can't i can't go back now and 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 fix it but like the only thing i can do is is try to be more aware of it in future situations so yeah good learning lesson for me as well to not be as tough on people i guess
0: yeah i think that that's one for the books that is one for forever stories you know
1: I think John's roasted him about that story. It's
0: Probably one of my favorite favorite stories about him, and and you know I love the dude, and we laugh a lot about that. Um, you know, and, and I think it's an important thing to think about, just how far we've come.
1: Yeah, true. We've definitely come a long way. So I think the last question for today's discussion would be, you know, now that you've experienced everything, what would you say are some of the coping coping mechanisms that helped you get over it? And then um, what would you di- what would you do differently now um, given everything you know?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And I wish someone probably could have told me about their experiences when I was going through it. I think one, one thing that really helps is is having a friend or multiple friends, Kind of like how the relationship that you and I had that we got to you know vent and, and shoot the shit late at night and, and having a support system really, whether that being your friends outside of work or I think it helps when it's your peers at the firm, people like in our starting class, because everyone's kind of going through it. And I think sometimes everyone else might may think, oh, everyone else is probably doing so awesome. And I'm the only one feeling that. And I guarantee you that most people in our starting class, like hated their lives. um, And, and like, wish they had someone to talk to and i think we were very lucky with our group of friends that yeah that everyone like there was a very open dialogue about it and like some days we we would be celebrating each other's wins like oh like i got a pat on the head from my manager today and it was great or like they shouted me out um during a meeting for all the excellent work i did or it's like yo, I, I slept in or I was on the subway and my, my manager texted me and I didn't respond and then she got really mad and so, so ha, true story happened to one of our other friends because um, obviously there's no cell service in, in, in the subway or at least in Canada anyways so it, I think it's about being there for um, each other because that's really the only way to get through it and it sucks because I think earlier we kind of said you kind of just have to strap in and keep swimming, keep swimming sometimes. And I think it, it is kind of true, like sometimes you gotta just shut the fuck up and like put your head down and grind. And and I think that's an expectation for our job and a lot of other people too, and a lot of other industries. So I think it's like knowing that this will come to end one day because there'll be some other sucker coming in below you who will then kind of take over a lot of these worries and you kind of just become more seasoned and and well-versed and you, you you care less about about these expectations not that they're, they're not still there but mm-hmm. you're just better at coping and better at dealing with these things and then you know sprinkle some friendships along the way so that's kind of how you get through it or at least i feel like that's how i got through it
1: like i think a really cool point that you brought up was the idea that like perception is very key um in a lot of ways and so I think adding on to that like you talked about how you know like we looked at other people and we're like oh those people aren't going through things but I think like on the flip side which is really interesting is like I've had a lot of discussions with other people um where they were like you know like how like how and you how have you and John like stay so sane and like so happy and like be motivated and kill it at work these are some of the questions that like one or two people asked like during our rookie year I remember being so shocked about that question cuz I was like You guys don't know anything. Me and John just Just like what are you saying? Yeah, (laughs)
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we just
1: like sit together and cry pretty much. Not actually, but like you know, like it's it's just us bitching about stuff. I think it's super interesting that like our perception was that other people like are we the only ones suffering through this? Like are we the only ones going through this living hell? But then on the flip side, other people were like asking us like how are you guys not living like not going through this living hell? So it's like super super funny that. Our perception was very different than the reality we were facing and like other people's perceptions were different than the reality right so i think on one part that's where perception is really important but also i think i think a lot of like the internal conflict i faced about like me doing a bad job and me underperforming and me making mistakes being upset with myself i feel like a lot of that was perception based off of my a reality i built for myself that wasn't really realistic right in a lot of ways like if i really truly were doing a bad job i would have been called out for it because we're like we're in a very results oriented business so if i did a bad job where i was underperforming people would have told me and people would have helped me get better in a lot of ways there were so many times where i was like oh like oh i'm doing such a bad job like how am i underperforming i want to quit like i'm so useless i'm so dumb and i feel like more so than anything that was my perception of how i was performing but that wasn't the reality and so I think on top of what John is saying about having people you can always rely on and people you can, you can have to support you to get you through like the periods where you just have to grind through and like push through. I think on the other side is sometimes you need to take a little bit of time to reflect and analyze whether or not you are being realistic about your underperformance or realistic about like how much you're really suffering. And I think in a lot of ways the earlier you do the, that self reflection and the earlier you realize that what you're going through is partially very, very mental rather than like what's actually out there externally, I think that'll help you, like, at least that helped me sort of figure out that maybe I was like in my head and I was contributing negatively to my performance more so than anything else. So I think like that's, that's like the only other additional learning lesson that I would add to the whole discussion about like how do you get past the rookie wall? Do you regret going through the rookie wall and experiencing it? And like, do you wish you never went through it?
0: No, absolutely not. Like, I think we spoke briefly about it, about, you know, going through it or going through it again. And, and I think it's definitely something you kind of have to go through. It's just like the, the trials and tribulations that you need to go through or the not hazing, but I think like initiation to be, to make you a better person and make you a better employee and, and definitely not to an ex, an extreme, because like I think for a lot of things, like, I think I could have gone uh, like lived without you know a certain things um, that like certain expectations or certain ways people have treated me during my 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 kind of like first year as an analyst. But you know I think I'm I'm still better for having those experiences than not, and and I think it goes back to the point of now that I've experienced how I. I was treated. Now that I've gone through and experienced how people treated me, and how I know how that how much that sucked, or like, I wish they'd said this differently or treated me differently. I I am a better person for it, for better or for worse, because I can pass it on to other people the proper way. You know, um, so I, I think and I, and I think that's almost a a very continuing story with even some of my mentors and who have treated me well it's because they also were treated poorly in the past and they don't want to pass it on and it's you know breakers of chains um mother of dragons kind of shit you know it's it's about it's about (laughs) about building this new new relationship that's built off of like trust respect and mutual respect and and hard work because i know that they're not gonna they're not just gonna be nice to me because they're being nice they're gonna be nice to me because i deserve it and and I should be rewarded for it, but you know, if I do something wrong, they're gonna slap the shit out of me. And that's the exact the exact type of relationship that I would be expecting.
1: So that's it. I think that's it for episode yeah. one. That's uh, it. Yeah, we, we holy. Did it. it took us so long to get here, guys. You have no idea. Like, um, it, yeah i i think lots of iteration and lots of practice and lots of recording but we finally made it and hopefully yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode you know we, we know it's a, a pretty lengthy one but i think if you got to the end or even if you listen to a, a part of it we really really truly appreciate all the support and love you've given us so thank you so much for for listening to John and I, I know it probably wasn't the easiest thing to get through, hopefully, but hopefully you guys found it enjoyable and hopefully you found um, some good stories, some good laughs, and overall some some life lessons that you can take away from, from us. I think, you know, now that we have digested all of our struggles and sort of our journey, something that we want to know from you guys is, have you ever experienced the rookie wall or have you felt something similar in your life? We'd love to, like, we'd love to get to know you know, a little bit more about yourself and here's some of the challenges you've been through and how you've coped. And I think if you're going through this right now and you don't know if you're ever going to get out or if you, if you don't know how exactly, hopefully, you know, some of the lessons that we have learned, um, are relatable for you and hopefully you can get yourself over that wall. So, I mean, if, if John and I can do it, we are, yeah, we very much believe anybody else can. So we'll be rooting for you and we'll definitely be cheering for you on that end.
0: Yeah. And if you guys have any feedback, good things, bad things, lukewarm comments, please let us know so we can continue to improve the podcast and and continue to put out uh, content that we're really passionate about and hopefully you guys will enjoy listening to. As well, if you guys have any topics that you would like us to cover, hopefully your two friendly neighborhood podcasters can help uh, cover some of these topics. So
1: if you have any suggestions about anything yappy that you want to hear about or anything you know gossipy or interesting hopefully we have a, a funny perspective on it and some good stories so i think with the podcast we want to be aiming to have a good mix of stuff that we've experienced and that we know about that are more more serious or more mm-hmm. like more retrospective but then also on the flip side we want to cover some funny topics some some topics where we have a lot of good stories a lot of entertaining stories so we'll try and find a good balance of both so i think on that note for the next episode we release we're probably aiming to talk about modern dating and our experiences Ooh. slash horror stories with it. So yeah, if this wasn't necessarily your speed, I think you have, yeah, you can, you can intend to, to hear some, some gossipy, some juicy stuff for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's it for us. We have finally gotten to the end of episode two or sorry, episode
0: one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get a little ahead of yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: we have it took us so long to get to episode one, but you no, know, Thank you again from from John and I and we really appreciate all your all your support and your uh, and your love. So we will see you guys in 2 weeks and we are just as excited for the next episode. Thank you everybody. See Peace. you guys.